Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick-Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done. Party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the kick-ons. You're welcome. Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who want just a little more. Cheers, Jason. Cheers. Gorgeous. We cracked open some bubbles, which... We took from Peachy <laughs> so. hey, It was our payment. Thank you, Amber, for the bubbles. Yeah, stolen wine tastes... Yeah, Gorgeous. so good, so good. I'm surprised you're drinking it after your escapades in Martinbury yesterday. Hey, yeah, this old dog still has some tricks up his sleeve. Good, good. So it's the second episode of our New Zealand Music Month. The most gorgeous month of the entire year is still with us. Still with us. We also have to say that we went to Tompston's gig after we recorded with him, which you would have heard last week, and it was so great. Honestly, a true talent. So and fun. I am, like, still shocked that that happened. Yes. Like, I just love that boy. Well, I'm shocked that this is happening. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about this chat today. We, like, made a dream list of who we wanted to talk to for New Zealand Music Month. Considering last May, we basically just talked to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then had Kaylee at the end, which, like, it was amazing. So... Our dream list is, like, being ticked off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're coming for you teaks. Please reply to my email. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we are lucky enough, oh, we were lucky enough to see our guests live at Cuba earlier this month. Her show was energetic, full of fun, and we danced the hardest we have danced in a long time. Her club night filth, organised with bestie DJ Half Queen, recently appeared on the iconic Boiler Room stage, bringing queer, indigenous excellence to the world. She is about to take her Three Nights in Amsterdam mixtape on tour around Australia and recently featured on a track with Saweetie and Doja Cat. We are so excited to have Jess B for our second New Zealand Music Month episode. Welcome, Jess B. Oh, I loved that. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I'm running out of breath, but hey, look, we got there. And was I on your dream list? How? Yes. You were. I was like, we have to have Jess B. We have to have Yes. Oh. Well, you are a woman in New Zealand music who is just, it seems like your trajectory is just going from strength Limitless. to strength. Limitless. Honestly, the stuff that you've been up to, just like listening to Steph say that, it, it's crazy what the, like, the things that you think can happen and then beyond and you're doing it. Yeah, it's been crazy. I'm almost like expecting something bad to happen because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> crazy few weeks, you know. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope this uh, good luck doesn't run out. No, no, it won't. Positive vibes only. Yeah, I watched your like um, Instagram where Sweetie like sent you that Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> I was like, what is this? It was me trying to not be a loser talking to Saweetie is what it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was sitting there waiting for the call, literally, like, saying prayers. I was like, please, can I not say anything weird? 
Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I think I got through it okay. My heart rate was... Really it was quite good. I'm glad you... I would have been more scared about, like, not fucking up the Tesla. I, I didn't give a fuck about the Tesla. I was just like, if she <laughs> and I say something that doesn't make sense or I make it awkward, then I will never be able to live with that. I'm sure they had some sort of insurance for the Tesla, like... <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Was that, like, that collaboration or your feature on that song, was it quite a quick turnaround? Did things like that happen quickly or...? Um, it was kind of a weird one, actually, because um, I first, like, my manager was first contacted about it actually in July last year, so ages ago. Oh, wow. um, and it was way before the song even existed. Like, I didn't know what the song was. They just said, hey, we've got this song with Saweetie and Doja Cat and we're wondering, like, if are you signed and do you, would you be interested in jumping on the remix? And so I was just like, no, I'm not signed and yes. Um, but I didn't know what the song was. Um, so then pretty much between then and like a couple of months after the song came out, like the original song, it was just radio silence. So I was just like, didn't really know if it was a happening thing. And then um, after the song came out, I was like, oh, that was obviously the song. Um, and then they got back in contact and like, maybe like like mid-Jan or something. And it was pretty much from then until it was released, it was like four weeks. So it was really, really quick. Um, wow. But it was just something I didn't want to talk about in case it didn't happen. Like I really didn't want to box it and be like, guys, guys. And then, <laughs> like, wow, Jess be really lied about having a song with Sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I swear it's happening. I think I saw the email, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. So I kind of what am I going crazy? Shut. Um, until I knew it was actually over the line, which is kind of like what happens like with this, this sort of thing. Like you don't really know until you know. So until you're literally in the studio with those headphones on. Who would have thought? Honestly, who would have thought? Couldn't predict that one. It's so cool. Yeah. So like from this moment, like going back in time, like where, what were you up to? How did this start? You said you're not signed, which is cool. Yeah, just keeping it. Keeping it real at the moment. Um, I have distro through a um, company called The Orchard. Um, so they basically like help me put my music out. But it, or everything in the process of like making my music and getting it to the finish point is all like me and like the people that I work with. So I really like having the like creative freedom, I guess, to be able to deliver what I want. Or I can choose my singles. I can choose when I put things out. Like if I decided I want to put an album out next week, I can sort that out. Like... So I don't really have to be waiting on, you know, um, anyone else to give me the all clear. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is so cool. So you are similar-ish age to us. You went to school, you left school, and you were playing professional netball. <laughs> I read that today. <laughs> so Here if you need. <laughs> I just wanted to talk you through that decision of doing something that you kind of think, well, this is the trajectory of my life. I'm so good at this. I spend all this time on it. How did you make that decision to risk it and be like, whatever, I, this is where my real passion is and I'm going to do this? Um, well, it's funny because the decision, I didn't really make the decision. I guess uh, fate, fate made the decision for me. I was playing netball uh, when I was really, really young and it was kind of all that I knew. Um, and so, yeah, when I left school and I started playing professional, like I obviously thought I was going to be a silver fern and all the rest of it. So that was very much where like my life was, um, in my mind, was headed. And at the same time, music was only, it was really only a hobby. Like it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And like, 
I guess had dreams for but like they never were things that I actually thought were able to happen like I was still super focused on the netball um and then I was like at the time I was like uploading stuff to SoundCloud and um before I finished playing netball P Money like somehow found my SoundCloud and like hit me up and so at that point I was like oh maybe this is like a thing that I could actually do seriously because before that it was just getting uploaded like for fun um and so you know like coincidentally around the same time I ended up getting dropped from the team that I was playing so I wasn't a professional player anymore um and so I just had more time but I guess kind of having like someone who I thought was like you know amazing and music be like hey you have potential I was like oh maybe I do and so that was when I kind of like bought a mic and a little interface and had my little setup and then I guess everything else has just gone from there um so yeah that was that was about three oh that was a few years ago now so it's been like you know a process to get here um but yeah yeah crazy that is so cool like I can't like I I can't even tell you how much I like I am so glad that I'm doing music and like not netball anymore I mean love everyone (laughs) but um I definitely feel like this is like the right path so that's great Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we, so we obviously went and saw your show at Cuba Duper and I guess it's quite interesting to hear that you were kind of like a bedroom artist or whatever for a while, just uploading things to SoundCloud to think that like you put on this fucking epic. If anyone listening, if Jess yeah. is in your town, <laughs> you have to go and that's a roll. And get ready to jump. I've like never jumped that hard Ooh. in my life and I was just <laughs> jumping everywhere. <laughs> how did you How did you find the transition from like to bring your music like off your computer and onto the stage? Well, it was very, it's been very like, so I guess I had my first gig in 2017. So it's been a few years, you know, like I've st- I had my first gig at Neck of the Woods. Um, it was very small. And so it, I guess every gig that I've done since then that's gotten slightly bigger, um, I've like learnt. We've just really been learning on the job. Like what you guys saw at Cuba <laughs> is very much like the coming together of like years of uh, doing it. And I actually, it was so funny because after the show at Cuba Duper, like we all had like an amazing time, really enjoyed the show. Um, and I came home and I was like looking on my laptop for something unrelated and ended up finding like a couple of videos from when I first pay- played at Cuba Duper in 2018. Um, and oof, when I tell you, like, <laughs> it's just like even the growth between, I thought I was great in 2018, but like yes. being able to see the growth is like quite cool. Cause now I'm like, oh my God, cringe. Like who the hell would have uh, <laughs> back then? So yeah, I feel like it's been a slow, very gradual process. Um, I don't feel like it's been something that's happened like really rapidly overnight. Um, but like, I just love performing like so much. Like I had so much fun at that show at Cuba Dupa. And it's so awesome when like the crowd is as receptive, like as they were that night. Like Wellington is such a good place to play live because everyone's just super into it. Like... And then I can, you know, interact with the crowd more and it's, like, funny and, like, there's this random shit that happens on the night that you couldn't, like, rehearse for. Um, And that's the best stuff. Like, that's when the magic happens, you know? So true, so true. It was, like, I don't know, it was just an amazing, amazing energy. It was so cool. (laughs) Um, Tell us about... 
<laughs> Please come back soon. Um, it, tell us about your writing process. Like, how do things go from words to what we hear on Spotify when we listen to you? Um, I have quite a lot of different processes. It depends if I'm, like, working alone in the studio or if I'm with a producer. If I'm with a producer, then usually we will talk about a vibe or a feeling or a topic or something. Like maybe um, I might have like a track that has been like inspiring me and then we will kind of like build the bones of a beat um, and catch a vibe and then I'll start writing. And then as I'm writing, they're adding to the beat more and then it's kind of a really collaborative um, way to go from kind of like scratch to having a track. Um, but I've been kind of like getting a little bit more experimental lately. Like I've had the space that I'm in right now, um, is like my, a little writing room, like studio that I've been using. And I've been kind of like, it's been really cool to work in here by, by myself because I can do weird shit and no one's going to tell me that it's bad <laughs> or anything. So, um, I've been like trying a little bit of singing, like more mel- melodic stuff in here. So when I'm doing that, usually I'll like, like sing mumbles and just like anything like whatever comes out comes out but I try and find the melodies and then once I found a melody that I like um I'll go back and like fill in the words to match the melody or like somewhat match the melody um so that's kind of a new way that I've been working um more recently but that's really fun because sometimes I'll have an entire track like structured up with like a chorus and verses and stuff and none of it is any words it's just like random mumbles stuff yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool when you go from that and then you have like the finished track. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you, in your writing, like specifically the words, is it something that you go over and over or is it more like they come to you in like a freestyle moment and that's what they are? It depends. Because to me, that's so clever. Yeah. It depends on what the, like if I'm rapping, um, then I'll usually mm. be like parts of it will come as a freestyle, but like I usually do like con through and like try and make them sound clever or whatever. Um, But with like melodic stuff, like I've written like a few like hooks and stuff lately that literally came from a mumble. So I'll be like freestyling on the mic with it recording and some something will come out and I'll be like, Oh, that kind of sounds like this. And I'm like, that sounds cool. So I just like literally build something around whatever came out of my mouth. Um, which is like, I mean, it's not as it's not as subconscious as it might sound because obviously you've always got things on the tip of your brain that or your things you've been thinking about that day. So sometimes it's actually like kind of like relevant to you know something I've been thinking about. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's a bit. It's like a bit of both. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, lots of artists definitely um, when they talk about their writing process, especially from the beginning of their careers to like. Uh, later on it's like when you get to know people and you get to sit down and collaborate and figure out like what works for your like like I've never even thought about the fact that you could just like mumble a song and then go back and add something to it later on like that's a cool idea yeah totally so yeah I just think that it's really like interesting um, that there are so many different ways that people do write music like listening to Thompson Mm. he was like just telling us that he can figure out the lyrics forever and ever and ever because that's what he's, like, good at. He can sit and do the lyrics forever. But you've got... Do you produce as well? No, I don't. I haven't really um, 
I haven't tapped into that. I would love to to learn, but it's like anything. It's like, you know, you really need to put in like 10,000 hours or whatever it is to sound good. So like I'm still very much focused on like being a vocalist um, and it's what I, you know, enjoy doing. But maybe, maybe at some point I'm pretty open to it and I have the yeah. homies who do it. So I kind of like have access to it. I just never, haven't got around to it yet. There's a lot. There's a lot to do. I wanted to talk about your like, collaborative relationship with Half Queen who DJs for you on stage how did that come to be and is it just purely on stage or have you guys produced together like has she produced music for you tell us about that because we're equally as obsessed with it <laughs> she, she actually she, she hasn't started producing yet but I know it is something that she really wants to and I keep telling her when you yeah. give me a ring because uh, I'll be there but um <laughs> we became friends kind of in the really early days of me doing music. Um, and at the time, this was before she started DJing and she sort of expressed to me that it was something that she wanted to do. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I really would love to have a you know a girl DJ with me. Um, so if you learn to do it, like 100%, you can be my DJ, like, let's do it. So then she kind of went away and was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this. And in the meantime, I had like a couple of shows, like a couple of bigger shows for me. Like I played for, I opened for Stormzy, which was like my first like big opportunity, like when he came like a few years ago. And all I'd ever performed with was like myself and a DJ. So I asked her if she wanted to just come as a hype girl. Um, I guess... I don't know why, because I wanted to have a friend with me on the road and because (laughs) I was hoping she would hopefully like one day be involved, you know. Um, So we went and did that and she was actually like on the mic, like for the first like few times we performed. And then full circle moment, um, Cuba Duper in 2018 when we played there last time, that was actually her first time DJing for me. So there was about like a year in between when she told me she wanted to DJ and then she actually... DJ'd for me and then I guess from there we've just been like um sidekicks uh yeah for the rest of it and obviously she's built her own amazing DJ career um alongside all of what's going on with me so it's definitely been we've kind of had a nice cool growth journey together which has been really fun it's really fun it's really fun watching someone achieve goals like at the same time as you yeah so yeah it's been really cool it's Especially because I can imagine you're a solo act. It could get lonely, you know, and to, like, look around and see a familiar face there that you know how you each work, you know, it's going to be great. Must be kind of comforting in, like, moments when it's, like, scary. Yeah, definitely. Like, I guess the the first times um, she's been, like, she's been over with me in Aussie a couple of times. And I'm actually really lucky because I have... A huge like I have a I have four dancers and a drummer and DJ so and I, obviously like I perform with Silver sometimes so I feel like I've got a really really core group of people who I actually really love who make the whole experience fun but um Shaq's like coming with me to Australia next month and so I guess those things are really cool because um, we're able to experience like that stuff together. So cool. Um, this could be a good time to mention Filth. Tell us how Filth came to be as well. It's a queer club night in Auckland that looks like so much fun. Uh, when did that start? And how much is that a heap of work for you to get it going every time? Um, well, it's 
started <laughs> around probably around the same time. Like, oh, I think the first one was in 2018. Um, and I had just so. Um, Shaq was, you know, like getting super involved in like the DJ world and getting really like interested in parties that were like overseas. And I just went over to London for the first time and I went to this event called Pussy Palace, which was like, I guess you'd call it like our, um, like the mother of filth. Um, it was just this crazy, like this queer, like this queer party that was like prioritizing, um, you know, black and trans people of color, um, and like it was it was just like something I'd never experienced in New Zealand ever. Like not just um just everything about it. Like it was obviously like a like a space that was prioritizing, you know, like queer people of color, but it was also just like colourful and the music was amazing. Like I found like I think like especially for me and Shaq, we've been so our paths are so aligned with music. So we have like a um Anytime I go somewhere where the music is amazing, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just kind of went to this party and I hadn't ever had this feeling of like the music and the inclusion kind of like merging together into this beautiful like party space. So I came home and I was like super inspired and Shaq was um, also, you know, obviously she had known about the party and stuff. So we're kind of just like, why don't we why don't we try doing our own? Like, why not? So that was kind of like where I guess we first, you know, initiated like what filth has become. And then, yeah, just over the last couple of years, we've been, it's been growing and we've been growing. Um, Neither of us had thrown an event before. And I guess when you are creating a space that is, you know, specifically trying to be safe for a certain group of people, uh, there's lots mm. that goes into that and, you know, we've definitely been uh, having to learn as we go. But, you know, obviously we have to make sure we're keeping up um, with what's going on. So, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. It's really hard running an event, I'm not going to lie, um, but it's been so rewarding. Like it's, yeah, we love it. We're so proud of, of Filth and all the DJs that have become a part of like the Filth family and everyone that comes. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, even the amazing. like, even the kids that like come to the club, they must feel like they're part of the filth family as well. Yeah, definitely, and that's kind of like how we want it to feel. Like we want it to feel very like, you know, accessible for everyone, and like the DJs uh, are part of the filth family that comes through, and like we want it to be, you know, super, you know, symbiotic in the way that it like moves and breathes. Yeah, it's so cool. And so the most recent one was filmed for Boiler Room TV. I mean, even just watching it on, on Instagram, it looked amazing. Filthy. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> filthy. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. I was like, gosh, if I was at a club night, I would not look that good. <laughs> Everyone looked amazing just like not one bead of sweat I was jealous yeah, <laughs> but also dancing like the hardest I've ever done it really yeah it was it was beautiful to watch so cool so cool well shall we get into your life at the party Jess B something that you are loving right now in the world in your personal life what are you vibing these days well- I'm vibing the, what am I vibing? I vibe a lot of things, I guess. I'm right this very second, I'm vibing that the trans-Tasman bubble opened. Um, So 
My ass is out. Yes. I'm going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Shaq are heading over um, on the 1st of May. Um, so I guess by when this comes out, I will be in Australia. Uh, so it's a bit risky. Obviously, I'm a bit nervous because if anything uh, goes wrong, uh, we will be stuck, uh, won't we? Um, but, you know, I've, I'm definitely feeling ready to see some new faces and do some new things. So, um, yeah. yeah. So what's your plan for when you're in Australia? So um, I have about I have five shows that I'm doing. Um, Sydney, Brisbane... Melbourne, Perth, and Adelaide. Um, one of them, one of them was a festival that I was actually booked for last year. That obviously couldn't happen. Um, so they transferred all of the like the bookings over to this year's one. Um, so that's really exciting. So that'll be um, yeah. that's on the Sunshine Coast, or not Brisbane exactly, but just right by it. Um, and then the rest of them are going to be part of a little. My three nights in Amsterdam came out in August last year, but obviously I wasn't able to do any shows with it over in Australia. So um, I'm just doing a little extended tour, I guess. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Your fans will be so excited They'll that so this is like hard. come to fruition. Like, thank you, Cindy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how many fans I have, eh? Like maybe, maybe like 10 people will be like, woo. But you know, everyone. gorgeous, and that's that's all that matters. Yeah. You're like changing it, ten people's lives. The real ones. <laughs> humble. How was how was releasing an album in August of 2020? Like, did you have to? I mean, obviously, you had to completely change your expectations. Was that something you had to kind of battle with, or? Yeah, I mean, I think that the so the project that I put out was. Um, it's like it was music that I had um, made literally in Amsterdam. That's why I called it Three Nights in Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of like this, the, the, the sound that was on the project is very much like it's like club dance, the, like dancehall EDM kind of like hip hop vibes all mashed together into one. Um, so it was it was almost like I knew there was going to be like no single that I would like try and get on radio here or anything like that. It was very much like they're really amazing tracks to perform um, like in a live sense. Like um, they, they're really great for, for that. But I knew that at least in the New Zealand market, they weren't going to be on ZM or whatever. So with me already knowing that it was kind of like, a little bit of stress off me almost. So even though we were in the middle of COVID, it was kind of like, well, I never, I never had any intentions for this further than um, having some great tracks to play at festivals over summer. So if anything more happens, then that's great. Um, but it was, yeah, I feel like it was like the perfect thing to release because I, um, in, in between all of this, I've had a chance to like work on new music and like um, other stuff. So, yeah, it was actually, I feel pretty, like it went pretty good. I don't really have any complaints. Yeah, yeah it did, yeah. <laughs> Is that something that you think about um, when you are writing, the fact that, like, is this radio friendly or is this is this something that some someone is going to want to play on their top 40 station or whatever? Um, I think I've tried to move away from that line of thinking. Yeah. Um, even when I did... 
when I, so in my last project before this one, New Views, I actually went into the studio and I was like, cool, I'm going to write a song for radio and it's going to get added to radio. It's going to be awesome. And then this shit didn't get added to radio. So it's like, you know, I, not that that's, um, that it shouldn't be the whole that reason you write a song. Like, I mean, I obviously still like this, that particular song, but I think that I'm trying to move into just making music that I'm really proud of rather than to, you know, for any specific reason. And I think like, like, for example, like the song um, that was on the project, um, Three Nights in Amsterdam is called Bullseye. And when I made it in the studio, I was just so excited by it. Um, and I knew like it was just, it's like this crazy turbo 120 BPM song. And it was like, there's no way that it's ever going to get added to radio. There's just absolutely no way. Um, but I just personally just loved the song. I loved performing it and all of these things. And so we decided to like make a video for it and the whole shindig, you know. And so radio wasn't even in my like, you know, um, like my mind space, I guess, throughout the whole process. And then like um, it ended up getting synced for like this massive um like a game called Astra and it like the, the streams went up like 2000% and it's like stuff whoa <laughs> yeah, it's just like stuff that happens organically because you know like that never could have happened with a song that I had envisioned for radio do you know what I mean because that specific yes yeah. so true but that's the authenticity yeah, though right yeah. like you you'll love it, you believe it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. If nothing happens with it, it's kind of like, well, in the studio I loved it and I still love performing it, so I'm, like, happy with it. Whereas if you just have the expectation of, like, radio and then it doesn't get added to radio, you feel stink. You shouldn't shouldn't feel stink about something not getting added added to radio because um, there's a, a myriad of reasons why that might not happen and, like, it's really hard. Like, it's really, really hard to get on radio as a hip-hop artist in New Zealand. So, you know, it is. Yeah, I am. When So this time last year, we were doing a similar, like, NZ Music Month thing, but we were just talking to ourselves. So so real upgrade. And I was trying, I was Googling, like, female New Zealand rappers. And yours is, like, one of the very few names that, comes up which kind of like shocked me but then I realized I was like oh you know what I I don't listen to many female New Zealand rappers and I don't I didn't know why so how do you find how did you find entering this space which was like almost I don't know a little bit uncharted like um I think like I didn't really think about it too much initially um but now obviously I really wish that there was more because I just think that there's like mm. so much like power and numbers and like um, the way that men support men in mus- the music industry and big up each other and stuff. It would be so cool if there was that sort of same, like, you know, there was the same thing going on with women. And I guess obviously like all the women that I am like in hip hop or generally I'm like always big upping them, but like the more the merrier, you know? So um it's a bit of a weird one because I guess I don't, I think that in some ways it's probably aided me uh, in a weird way because people are obviously trying to take their little quote, like, you know, boxes off and say that they're booking women or whatever. So I think that I've been lucky 
Um, or maybe my timing was just, you know, good in the sense that I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities quite quickly in my career that, I don't know, maybe uh, about my talent, but also maybe because I'm a woman. I don't know. It's a really weird. Well, that is uh, such an interesting yeah. thing to have to think about, though. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess you have to have, you have to have both because you have to have the talent to, like, people aren't going to pick you to do anything if, if they don't actually believe it. But I don't know. I don't know. There's yeah. politics. There's yeah. politics. Sure. There's politics. Yeah, the more that we talk to musicians about music, <laughs> the more we realise the, like, like, we love music because of how it makes us feel, mm. right? But, like, the more people we talk to, we're like, this is some, like, political game <laughs> in here. It really is. My God. It really is. Like, yeah. The further in you get, the more that you see all of that stuff. So it's like I, I kind of was quite, like, naive, I guess, like, coming into um, the the game. And I I guess when I say I've had – I think I might have had opportunities – uh, like as a woman, I do also think that like those opportunities, like I know that a, a few other women in the music industry that have been around for years and years, it's like there's all, there is this glass ceiling um, that maybe maybe I've already got to, you know, and now I'm banging on it. Like I think that in terms of like um, where you play and like festival lineups and like um, – opportunities to go beyond just like getting booked or just you know whatever it is maybe it's getting a song added to radio as a female rapper um mm. which I've never yeah I've never I've actually never had a song added to like um an a rotation on radio um other than well actually B- BFM have been really really supportive like my whole career shout out to BFM um yeah. But in terms of getting an actual, like a mainstream radio, a rotation, um, I've never had one. So it's like I, I've gotten all this way and done all these things in my career without that. Um, and something like that is what takes uh, an artist from being like someone who music lovers love to being like a household name, mm. like LAB or like 660 or Kings or all these people that they, they've mm. all had massive radio hits do you know what I mean and like for a lot of New Zealand that is still how we're you know learning about new artists or consuming songs or whatever so um there's lots of kind of like huge like hills to climb in terms of like yeah you know the trajectory and I'm still pretty early on to be honest with you like it's so Yeah, it's so interesting, though, because going back to what we were just saying about how if it doesn't feel authentic to you, then it's not going to read. It's like, where is that balance? You just keep going with authentic and then just hope that... Yes, definitely. You can have both. You can be authentic and be on the radio 100%. It's a crime that you're not um, on the radio, to be honest. And when we finally get (laughs) offered a spot on radio, you'll be our first song we play. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I I don't feel like it's the be all and end all these days obviously it's an amazing part of being an artist you know and I would love for that to happen one day Um, but it's just got to be the right song it's got to be the right people who are you know um, supporting and all these different things so I mean all things considered like I definitely I can't complain I've done a lot no way that's amazing. Um, New Zealand hip hop. I just wondered who you love or loved when you were growing up because I feel like our hip hop scene is so 
eclectic. It's different to anything else that you would hear. And, yeah. And it's ingrained in New Zealand culture as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. Um, growing up, I loved um, Shafu. Um, yes. I will also love, like, I feel like I loved, like, songs, like, s- songs from lots of different artists. Um, I also loved, um, I liked King Capisi. Um, yeah, so good. Yeah, there's been, like, so many. I liked Fast Crew, like. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, there's been, like, I liked Lady Six when she, like, when she first came out. I thought she was dope. And she started out in hip-hop as well. So, like, that was cool. Um, yeah, there's been there's been tons of people over the years that I've like really really loved. Um, we were talking about Rhombus the other day because um, oh, his name's escaped my head, but he played with Diva Mahal, their brother Imon. I'm on star. Um, he was in Rhombus, and I was like, shit, that is taking me really really back. But they were so great for real, for real. There's been some so, over the years, that's for sure. Yeah, and Dehamo, that went hard. Oh, my God. Whatever his, yeah. You go right tonight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, classic. So good. Well, I think that's a good segue into the mantra. mantra. Let's say it. 2001 to 2008, there ain't a song that we hate. So this is our favourite moment of the podcast where everyone that comes on adds a song from 2001 to 2008 or thereabouts to add to our playlist that people will wash, uh, clean their houses to, go on road trips to, pre-game to, it goes off. Love Jess B, what song are you going to add to our playlist? I hope this is in the time frame, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I want to add um, T-Pain, I'm in love with a stripper. Is that? Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so, so good. Perfect. It's on the list. Absolutely. Uh, so I share a Spotify account with my younger brother and he loves T-Pain. <laughs> so T-Pain is like one of my top played artists every time like <laughs> the 2021 wrap up comes up. It's like T-Pain, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love T-Pain. T-Pain has had hits. Yeah, man. Yeah. A goat. And that, um, is that auto-tune, the, like, noise he does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's actually a really word? gorgeous singer because he was on The Masked Singer and he won. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, the more you know about T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm so into that. Well, that is going on the playlist. Yeah, I think those songs kind of came out when I started, like, drinking. And party yeah, ends. definitely. <laughs> like I can remember doing some like beer bongs on the back streets of Timaru. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Thank you. That needed to be on there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, everyone, please follow Jess B at OG Jess B on Instagram. If you're in Australia, tickets to the Three Nights in Amsterdam mixtape tour are out now. I assume they're still for sale. And go to Filth, watch the Boiler Room TV on YouTube and Instagram. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. (laughs) Happy New Zealand Music Month to you. And you.
<laughs> I feel like we need streamers or yeah, something. We do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. They're happening in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jess B, for joining us. Of course. Of course. Bye. 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 <laughs>